0: From TMP to TTNG, for sure the care and those tired meme jeans. Hella Kinsella and the promise ring. Sunny day real estate and rights this spring. Prince Twinkle Daddy's help keep the dream alive. I constantly thank God for Algernon and Remo Christie from drive mineral snowing high tide hotelier and more
1: are on episode 62 we're back episode 2 of this year i'm kyle recording here in madison wisconsin we have no guests well
2: ellie you're always a guest i'm always the guest yeah um i feel like i have been the only guest since since episode one of the podcast episode since episode zero of the podcast i've been the only real guest everyone else exists in my imagination (laughs) It's just it's just all me doing voices like a like a best show on WFMU. Bet. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised that
1: we didn't get a monologue about like your ceiling caving in, um, your power oh, being lost, is- um, your fish yeah, passing. Uh,
2: my my fish my fish is dead, but we still have like the fish tank just like sitting on the counter, all depressing. Uh, yeah, this is so. This, by the way, is the very first. Uh, e word episode that I am recording nicotine free. Oh, I quit shit. smoking in January, and I did not start again, even though February was a hell month. But yes, I in uh, down in Austin, Texas, we got hit real hard with a snowpocalypse. Uh, our power was out for like weeks on end. Uh, we didn't get hot water back until literally like this Friday. Jeez. Um, for for those of you listening, it was three days before we're recording this our ceiling caved in uh causing our carpet to flood it flooded our oven all in all it just was like a real fucked up time to live in texas um but we we made it we made it through and uh we're coming back stronger than ever and hopefully it will not be uh another like six weeks again until we record a new e-word episode uh and i'm 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 happy to be here how how are you kyle I'm all right uh this is my first
1: podcast in my thirties i'm officially too old for emo
2: <laughs> happy happy late birthday thanks or did i did i wish you a happy birthday did i forget to do that i have i have no idea if you deleted your facebook i wouldn't 100 forgot to wish you a happy birthday because that's True. like the i rely on that so heavily yeah i th- i think that was
1: the name of one of our episodes was too old for emo
2: yeah yeah that was the one we did with adam yo okay uh like it was like one of the very first one it was maybe like the second one we did uh after i moved to austin oh really yeah because the first one we did after we moved off after i moved to austin was with alex from heavy snacking
1: oh that's right yeah because you didn't really know where to go for the snacks and stuff
2: yeah yeah and I, I drank kombucha for the very first time. The only time I have ever drank kombucha was really? on that episode. Yeah, so That's plug weird. that. We're, we're going to plug that. I think it's episode thirteen.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think it was episode ten. I think it was like, really. Yeah, for some reason I no think no it's way. episode ten, it was, or maybe it was I, I think their episode ten. I think it was thirteen. I'm going to say thirteen. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> for all the heads out there that are that would know that you could fact check that. I'm I'm not I'm not like consuming nicotine and instead of coffee i have like caffeinated sparkling water so you can tell that like the focus is just not here today (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've basically rolled out of bed and then now we're live anything else like newsletter stuff how's that been going uh newsletter stuff has been going pretty good one thing that kind of like bummed me out was i did a huge newsletter about like the history of like the twinkly emo like guitar sound basically Mm -hmm. like brief history of the emo twinkle and it was fucking huge it blew up it got like so many views and like people like tipped me on venmo for writing it like (laughs) and then my fucking power went out before i started writing like the follow-up newsletter so i just wasn't able to capitalize on my success for like an entire month (laughs) yeah that one was big like i saw
1: like You know, the people you were writing about it were like chiming in were like, yo, this is true.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I worked so fucking hard on that piece. And I actually started writing it like three or four years ago, actually. Like it was supposed to be one of the first things I ever did on the You Don't Need Maps blog, like way before the newsletter. And then I lost all of my progress on it and started – I got – and then I got like a couple paragraphs in and like gave up. And then I just revisited it because I, I had really bad writer's block and it all came like spilling out of me again. Uh, so that was fun. Um, how, did,
1: how did you like piece that together? I feel like that's ka- that's got to be like so much lurking of like old ass forums and where people were talking about that stuff. The
2: key things for me were the, the influence of the band Empire. I got from Eric Grubbs's book post. He wrote about how all the DC kids were like obsessed with that First Empire LP, expensive sound. Okay, and then the thing that like really like opened the floodgates that helped me like piece everything together was a long time ago. Someone was talking about how how much Twinkle took from like Johnny Marr, and yeah. then I was li- and then I was listening to Johnny Marr, and I was like, oh, Johnny Marr bit his whole shtick from Roger McGuinn and the Birds, and then you go back to the Birds and you kind of piece together like all the surrounding things from from that influences like all the, and all the roots rock stuff from around that same time, like uh, the Bob Dylan or like Creedence Clearwater. And I may, I made an argument that you could even kind of put like the guitar work on Ziggy Stardust and the (laughs) spiders from Mars. Like you could kind of like work that into the lineage. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it got a little bit more difficult, like with the emo revival stuff, because I was like forgetting about like, archers of loaf and then having to go back and re-edit stuff in but Mm -hmm. it took forever to write but it was really fun and and very satisfying and i was like real shocked at how many people were like yo this is true like scott from dads was like yo Mm -hmm. this is true someone was like i'm really surprised you like knew like how the word twinkle daddy came about um And that, like, the drummer of Indian Summer was like, I'm really surprised that you got so many of these influences right, but I still don't know what twinkly emo means. (laughs) But yeah, like, Scott from Dads and the drummer of Indian Summer, like, complimenting my work, like, 14-year-old me would have just died on the spot, I think. I really like the Pokemon one. Oh, yeah, thank you. I had a lot of fun with that, too. And I I just did one last week about Tumblr. Um, about early 2010s Tumblr, yeah. Which, I mean, that place was a was the wild fucking west. I think like there were there was so much weirdness happening and no rules and no monitoring and yeah. Uh it was good in some ways and bad in many, many, many more ways. <laughs> I actually haven't read it yet, but is it
1: like do, does it incorporate like music blowing up on Tumblr stuff? Yeah, And just, I like, did, all of, like, it. the weird worship of, like, bands that
2: were taking off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, like, That's divided cool. it into three sections. I did, like, music, and I talked about, like, like the pop punk stuff and, like, uh, bands like Dads and The World Is who, like, kind of really kind of invented the way that people engage with their fans, that bands engage with their fans now in modern day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote about, like and it wasn't just guitar music too. It was like odd future and like the witch house scene. Um, and then I wrote about scare quotes, politics, like how, how like, uh, the Twitter and TikTok teens nowadays are just like copying everything from like 2011 Tumblr without realizing it, like thinking that they invented that way of like thinking about the world and Tumblr already stole it from like academic rot, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And then the third was, like, edgelord shit, like, all, like, the Nazis and, like, pictures of gore and weird, like, unhealthy subcultures that proliferated all throughout Tumblr. That was a (laughs) one to write about. Hell yeah. I was, so I get,
1: like, really into Joyce Manor, like, every three months, but I was, like, (laughs) I keep, like, dreaming and, like, I feel like we could just do it but i keep like just like dreaming about like having barry on the podcast and i like really want to know like just like people worshipped him on tumblr yeah and it was like uncomfortable yeah. to witness and to this day yeah, like even... people think of like barry as like this mythical creature and it's like he's just a dude <laughs>
2: last last time last time we saw joyce manor me and dina were watching him and she was like oh, dude, Barry is still like so hot and then like <laughs> listened to his lyrics and we were both like is he dumb though is he like a <laughs> dumb person <laughs> and obviously he's like not and it's not right. like the lyrics are bad they're just like you could maybe be forgiven if you thought he was dumb from listening to his lyrics <laughs> yeah <laughs> the last two times I've seen them were
1: really interesting because like well like They had never played Madison before. And the day before their first show in Madison, they played a house show in Appleton, which is like two hours away. But like it was like an unadvertised school, like campus sponsored event, and it was like Joyce Manor playing a house show, which is just like crazy to think about in like twenty
2: nineteen. That took so many twists and turns. Yeah. Like that's something that like I feel like I hear like people from the nineties telling stories about bands doing that. Like yeah. it's not something that I think of as like in living memory of the scene, but it does. <laughs> yeah. Like like Joyce
1: Manner plays like five thousand cap rooms in California and then they played like yes. played a northern Wisconsin <laughs> school sponsored house
2: show or something. My my favorite like early i guess not that early because they've actually been around for like hella like a hot minute but 2010 2011 era joyce manor story is i saw them and they played orange julius twice like (laughs) they just i think they just forgot that they played it the first time because it was a couple songs later in the
1: set list i've never seen a band do that but when i saw 100 gex they played money machine in the middle of the set and then people wouldn't stop cheering for them for an encore so they so they just played it again.
2: I know that when Kanye West and uh Jay-Z did their tour together, they would play they play that song. The yeah. song that I can't say enough, uh in Paris. They would play it like literally like 11 to 20 times in a they row. They kept like trying to break the record show by show that's so good <laughs> i love that
1: <laughs> We're, I, I i suppose we can just keep going and going about this but like the time i saw brock hampton i don't even remember the song name anymore because it's been such a long time since i've listened to brock hampton maybe do they have a song called star is that the one that's like uh where they keep naming actors um i, I feel Spotify like Matthew McConaughey T-A-A or open. something i don't know yeah but they played that song like 20 times in a row as their encore, and like people were were like leaving the show
2: because like <laughs> it was like literally yes. going for like forty five minutes. I might go Interstellar. I feel like feel Matthew, like Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Anthony Fantano re- reading questionable lyrics.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Speaking of newsletters that we were talking about like ten minutes ago, um, I yeah. I am going to be launching one fairly soon. I'm just waiting on some uh, responses slash involvement. Um, Yeah, I'm going to be starting a newsletter. I'm 90% sure it's going to be called Shelfware, and I'm just going to be emailing people questions about their record collections, and they'll reply with responses and pictures. Um, I don't know. I've been sitting on an idea for a newsletter for a while. And this one seems low effort. People love talking about their record collections. The responses I've gotten have been like super cool. Probably the one that I'll lead with um, replied with like a nine page Google Doc of responses. And it was all just like, holy shit, this is the stuff that I would actually like love to read. And that was like very affirming of like me doing this because it's like I love listening to people talk about the record collections, I like seeing them and stuff i think about records all day long i'm pretty stoked about it and uh hopefully it'll be going to launch in like a couple weeks keep an eye on our socials for that we will promote the hell out of
2: it Nice. Uh, i do think record collections are cool yeah um even, even though i i don't have it like in my heart to be able to do it like it just seems like so much money I collect Goosebumps books because they're like 50 cents a pop. (laughs) (laughs) Is that something that you can like go into like a half price books and find like stuff Um, that like people don't know is worth money? It was. It was something that I could do. But now I've been to like every half price books in like the central Texas area. (laughs) <laughs> and so there's like no more old Goosebumps books. It's all like the new ones without the numbered spines and with like the shitty new cover art that yeah. doesn't look all pulpy and comic booky. Um and they are kind of like the 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 older and like the ones that had like smaller print runs are definitely more expensive online. Not nearly as expensive if you manage to find them in like a goodwill or a right. or a half price. I did find like a like one of them like in in spanish at a savers once that's tight uh, but i i already had the english version once so i i don't think i i got it but that that might have been like a cool curiosity it's probably still there i can just go back to savers <laughs> <laughs> all of our savers closed here that was my favorite thrift store for sure savers uh is is definitely like up there as far as good thrift stores go mm-hmm. although i remember when i was a kid like we kind of thought savers and goodwill were like the pricey thrift stores, like really, what <laughs> yeah, what I, are the uh, underpriced ones? Sal- Salvation Army, go to Salvation Army. Uh, yeah, well, anything else that we should catch up on? I think next Monday I have a doctor's appointment to uh, tell me whether or not I have diabetes. <laughs> um, yeah. I probably do. It runs like hella in my family. I I'm stopping drinking soda and I quit smoking uh, and. I will hopefully, like, cut out carbs. So I know that, like, type 2 diabetes, you can, like, reverse it. Yeah. Like, it's a lot more manageable than type 1, which is, like, the one that, like, you get when you're, like, a kid um, and is, like, much more, like, tied to genetics and really fucks with you. Type 2, you can you can reverse, like, if you, like, really regulate your diet and exercise. So
1: Is type 1 the one that you'll see people, like, carrying around their pack with, like... When they have to prick oh, themselves.
2: Yeah. That's type one, to to make sure that their blood sugar isn't too yeah. low. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't go into like uh, DKA, diabetic uh, ketoacidosis.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. The one. Okay. Well, hopefully it's a manageable one, and
2: and or if not, diabetes. I'm, I mean, type type two is the one that runs on on my side of the family. Yeah. So, I, and I might I'm, I might not be like full blown diabetic yet. It might be like pre diabetic mm-hmm. and like which won't well it won't be as shitty to try and reverse like really my thing is i just don't i hope i don't have to like inject myself with insulin because i don't want to stab myself with a needle Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i would much rather snort insulin than shoot it up (laughs) (laughs) that's wild that's what you always hear from like people who get hooked on heroin is like as long as you don't shoot up heroin you're good you're not a junkie like as long as you're just sn- snorting it or smoking it then you're fine <laughs> i've never heard that i mean it's a lie it's just yeah. like a self-justification but all right so <laughs> so what have you been <laughs> On listening some to theory subjects <laughs> um i have aside from like the new the new records that like i really like felt like i had to listen to i just had, like, haven't had very much time to like listen to new music lately mm-hmm. Um, I have uh, become very obsessed with a couple things. Uh, I checked out this kid's cemetery uh, whose name is spelled like the Stephen King book, pet cemetery. And he does witch house. And I checked him out like while I was writing my Tumblr article, but he does like witch house crossed with like chief Keef with like black metal samples. Oh, shit! Um, yeah, he has a, he has a mixtape called hundred acre rest. That's really, really good. It's like super addictive and like, hypnotic. He kind of, his, his lyrics make him kind of come off like a dork. I mean, they're still good, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I've become obsessed with is so I really like the, the show The X-Files, and back in, like, 1999, there was this singer named Bree Sharp who was kind of like a Michelle Branch, like, angsty pop type of person, and she put out this song called David Duchovny about being <laughs> in love with David Duchovny, and... It's really good, but it's also, like, really worrying. Like, there's this part where she, like, just keeps repeating why won't you love me over and over in, like, increasingly, like, distressed tones. (laughs) And, like, it kind of fucks you, even though it's super catchy. Uh, But it's, like, a perfect song. You said this was from 1999? It came out in 1999, yeah. That sounds like a very 2020 Uh, thing to do. I know, I know. And I would, like, I would love to, like be better at playing guitar so i could cover the song because it deserves like a new audience and also she like ends the song by pronouncing like the very last word of the song is her mispronouncing the word nevada which was like a knife into my heart you know and was it like nevada? It nevada yeah that makes me want to kill myself but <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame because otherwise it's like a really perfect gem of a song but like that's uh, aside from some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about like in a second it's real. That's really like all that I've been listening to.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. So I think like since like the end of December when I finally got back on Last FM and like started. Kind of, like, getting obsessive about, my, like, constantly wanting promises. to be listening. <laughs> I mean, like, I just, like, want to get my Scrabbles up. Like, I now have, like, a reason to. It's, like, weird. But, like, yeah, just, like, activating and finding my old Last.fm mm-hmm. account, like, made me really want to keep up with stuff. But, yeah, I, I feel like it's weird to say, but I've been listening to, like, some of the most exciting stuff that I've, like, listened to in, like, a really long time. Like, And one of the things is something that I'm surprised I had, like, I think I'd heard of this band back in, like, 2015, but I don't know if I'd, like, listened to them since. I have no problem saying it's, like, one of my favorite, like, al- albums of that past decade, and that's the Tommy
2: Boys album. Um, I don't know if you heard them back in the day. Yeah, I, because they were on the, uh Stuff You Will Hate, like, premiered them. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, that fucking yeah. ages them perfectly. <laughs> they, they were a really catchy band. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think the thing about them that I find, like, the most interesting is, like, like they are perfectly between twinkle with like a pop punk approach to vocals like the guy's not tied
2: down to anything he's definitely like a story so far era pop punk like yeah vocals that kind of like brain donkey type yeah (laughs) and i feel
1: like no one i mean because we've moved so far from pop punk being so separate from emo in most of the ways i feel like This band cannot... I mean, like, that sound cannot have been, like, replicated now. It's, like, perfectly, like, 2013, 2015.
2: Yes. Yes. And I actually remember, like, when I first heard Oliver Houston, I was like, oh, shit. These guys kind of sound like Tommy Boys. For sure.
1: Uh, But, yeah, that LP, like, I'm surprised is not really... I mean, I don't know. Do you see people
2: talking about them lately? Uh, I I almost never see people talking about them. Yeah, it's crazy. People people will occasionally like talk about them, but like they're kind of like slightly less remembered than I kill giants mm-hmm. is like where i would put them like just like a slight tier below that.
1: Yeah. I mean like their LP has not been like reissued or anything. It's like, I don't,
2: which is I can... weird. Cause they kind of, they kind of felt big at the time or they are yeah. not big, but like, like a, like a decent sized band of that era.
1: Yeah. I, I was, I was looking at their Facebook page. I don't think they had an Instagram or anything. And like, they were touring with, like, such gold and, like, Koji. Yeah. And it's, like, they're, like, easy to forget because they didn't stay active on any social media and stuff
2: like that. Def- definitely. I hear the name Tommy Boys and I'm like, oh, my God, 2014 is, like, happening right now. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you like this podcast, you'll like Tommy
1: Boys because it's, like, very Algernani, uh very cap and jazzy like their
2: guitar player is
1: fucking stupid good
2: it sounds very like polished though like it you're definitely right there's like the alternat on the cap and jazz but the production is like super clean yeah yeah i I think it's like a pop punk thing it's like clean polished yeah they kind of have choruses not super yeah like they have like hooks you know Mm
1: -hmm. um and they also have a little elephant session that has like less than five thousand views that's super good too so yeah i've also Never listened to the Ergs until this past couple months, and I got so obsessed with the Ergs.
2: Oh, that blows my mind! I know. You seem like such an Ergs person. <laughs> I know.
1: It it it's it's ridiculous because the only thing I've heard from the Ergs, like i never heard "Pray for Rain." I've never heard any of the hits. Oh my god! I, ha- I had only heard their cover of the "Hey Jealousy." Fucking... No. It's, oh, even, it's even God. It, it's even more stupid than that. It's the fucking like Linus and Lucy cover.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! yeah, but holy shit! But Door Dorkrot is such a perfect album. <laughs> yeah, Jersey's like, by Prancers has tracks. Yeah, the only album, the only record of theirs that I like am not huge on his upstairs downstairs, but even that one like has its moments, you know. Yeah. The first two songs on Dork Rock, Ork Rat I used to put on like every mixtape for call. Yeah,
1: I, <laughs> I I I never really had like the experience in such a long time of like listening to an album and just like, okay, time to hit play again. And yeah, Dork yeah. Dork Rock was like that for like basically the entire January for me. It's it, it just seems I don't know, it, because they broke up in 2008, so, like, three years after me, like, really getting into, like, org
2: core and stuff, so 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 it's still surprising that I never got into them, but yeah. Yeah, uh, the weird the weird thing about the ergs is that pe- the org core scene loved them, but they don't really sound like org core. Ramone's core mm, yeah. kids really like them, but they don't sound like Ramone's core. Yeah, what they sound like really is the Descendants. I know, but like, even down to the way that their is plays, it's
1: like exactly like yeah, like Carl. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> but I honestly think Mikey is a much better lyricist than either Bill or Milo. Yeah, and like if if you had to do like like a complete comparison then descendants probably has more good songs just simply because they have more albums mm-hmm. but what what the ergs do have is just like lightning in a bottle like for yeah. that brief period yeah. when did dork rock come out like 2004 i
1: think so because yeah, i remember I think
2: upstairs came out in 2006 yeah i remember like uh the mitch clem forums like the nothing nice to say forums were like going batshit over it the videos on youtube are packed
1: shows and like absolutely chaos and they were like a headliner for fest and stuff like that so yeah it it's 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 cool i don't i don't care that i'm late to it um i mean mikey just put out a solo album last week yeah, um, it's probably going to turn no one on to them, But yeah, they're a fucking
2: great band. It's just further proof that like if your drummer is also your singer, you're probably <laughs> a good band. <laughs> RJC. Oh, my God. <laughs> that record uh, is like insane. <laughs> I, I'm i so impressed how they have zero misses so
1: far. Like everything that they did they, yeah. that they've done is good. Uh, we'll also get to that later. Also, so in my Joyce Manor deep dive of my cyclical three month period of listening to er- and digging into Joyce Manor. I found out that million dollars to kill me was originally like supposed to be like co-produced. And I believe it was like co-written with this guy named Rory from this Austin band called the impossibles who are like an OG fueled by ramen band. I yeah. never, I'd never heard of them before. I've like literally had like, I don't think I've heard that name spoken before. And I, I, I got I thought into you liked
2: ska though
1: yeah of course and like but then like they're like as pseudo ska as pseudo ska can get because they like don't have a single song with horns right
2: yeah yes yeah Yeah. they're they're like i mean people talk about like how like real big fish kind of like cashed in on the third wave ska scene but like the impossibles are really like the band that feels like they were just doing ska for like the aesthetic purposes yeah rather than like being actual ska fans. And, then and then it's that's not kind even of even a knock against them cuz I don't think they're a bad band, but you can definitely feel that like it's not like in their bones the way it is in like Voodoo Glow Skulls or something. Mm-hmm. And then the, that's
1: kind of perfect evidence for their second album which is like clear of Upstrokes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, I got into like, them. You're, you're not on social media, so I think you like missed me like admitting that I actually like both Ska and Anime. <laughs> wow why would you do that I to like yourself? i like i like came out about it and it it, it hurt because i had to like drop the bit after like what like five or six years but <laughs> it was time but yeah it was it was, it's because i'm like really open about loving like kaiju movies like japanese monster movies mm-hmm. and you can't like love that shit and not also like like anime i feel like um but yeah the impossibles are cool
1: uh I think that Rory guy was also in Imbroco.
2: Oh yeah, that makes sense because Imbroco was kinda like mineral adjacent, I yeah. think.
1: Possibly my album of the year so far is this another Michael record that came out on Run for Cover, which is like I feel like it's me alone on that take. It like it has a very low rating on like Sputnik music and like and like Rate right Your Music, which <laughs> Oh I've... we're we're getting to Sputnik in a minute. <laughs> yeah. huh? Uh right. but I absolutely adore this another michael record i think it's like very vibey the way that i've tried to pitch it to people it's like guilt-free pine grove just Mm. they would be like an ideal opener for like pine grove but like they definitely gave me that first or that like feeling of the first time I, i heard pine grove of i was like what is this this is cool which classification and box can you put this band in uh but yeah it's like light indie easy listening but with like a very kind of almost like r&b style vocalist like he sings in falsetto a lot i don't know it's 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 super cool and i would love to put people onto them um i've also gotten into devo core for the first time in my life and i've uh dove into the heads egg punk yeah (laughs) i feel like egg punk is the more derogatory way to
2: say devo (laughs) core I mean, I there's there's very few bands in this lane that I like I'm super into, although I ended up like the the bib LP from last year ended up really growing on me because I didn't really like that band before. But the LP was good. And then there was uh, the band that put out an EP in 2019 that I was like super in love with. And now I can't remember the name, but they started with an L. But the cone heads, I mean like, that's a whole different thing where
1: it's just like this one sound, there's 20 tracks, 30 minutes long, dudes sound like they recorded it, just throwing like an 8-track underneath like a pile of pillows, um, I don't know, I really loved it, I mean, I'm completely over it already, but yeah,
2: the Coneheads are sick. If it was that short, if the record's that short, I might check it out. Yeah. It was Lurk. It was oh. Lurk. Oh. It came out on Pure Noise. Yeah.
1: I feel like that's... I never understood that band because, like, I heard them and they were, like, a baby band. And then, like, the next time I heard of them, they were on
2: Pure Noise. I mean, but they literally just sound, like, Devo but heavy. Yes. which Which is, like, why they appeal to me because I'm not into, like bands that are just like a middle ground on something if you're gonna do something like go all the way yeah, you know i agree with that kind of on that punk tip i got into this band called chubby and the gang because
1: they were oh, on yeah. a lot of Speed people's kills. yeah they were on a lot of like people i trust end of the year list and yeah Greg gordon fucking loves them i feel like every once in a while there's like a band like sheer meg that i i can't defend because i think it's like kind of corny but it's just fun and that's what chubby and the gang for me yeah
2: they're they're definitely like pub rock yeah. you know like just like overwhelmingly british punk yeah <laughs> yep so this is
1: going to be shocking until a couple months ago i had like heard like three dashboard confessional songs
2: like which ones
1: and it's funny because one of them is vindicated one of them is hands because down. spider-man 2 i'm assuming yeah and yeah. The one that I knew, like, when I was, like, a teenager was, and I didn't know what the real song title was until now, I only knew it as So Long, Sweet Summer, uh, (laughs) which is, like, Age Six Racer or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Those were the three Dashboard songs. Like, I knew the
2: lyrics to Screaming Infidelities," but I'd never heard it before. (laughs) That's crazy. I know this i guess this is like become like a hot take it was not a hot take like when i was growing up but it it is now like an uncommon thing to say that your favorite dashboard record is swiss army romance um Mm -hmm. and i think that album is like really good it's really concise and like chris is like doing like really interesting things with how he tunes his guitar and like and layers them because it's just like acoustic guitars on that record. There's no... He doesn't really have a backing track like he does on the later records. or backing band, I mean. I mean, their first three, you really can't go wrong. Um, And I also really yep. like the Drowning EP, which isn't on streaming. But if you can find it on like Soul Seek or whatever, it's a really good EP. I think I told the story on this podcast before. But when I saw them, they were... I think they were the last show I saw before quarantine was Dashboard. Was it the Get and... Up Kids
1: tour? Cause there was no, like a dashboard.
2: It's separate.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Cause there was I a tour that piebald. was dashboard, and that oh, piebald was the
2: opener. That's cool. I saw dashboard with piebald. Yeah, and uh, piebald played an amazing set that I loved every song they played. And then dashboard played uh, heavy on the old stuff. And then I think the encore was hands down, and it literally started snowing while while it was playing. <laughs> And I called it an AOL Instant Messenger miracle. <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts. Little um, did we know. <laughs> yeah, I I liked it quite a bit. Um, I also yeah, listen... his lyrics have never been good, but <laughs> his voice is insane live. Yeah, like he still can sing so good. It's interesting what he's doing because
1: didn't he like reimagine a lot of his songs and like re-release them and
2: stuff? I, I mean, his... I. Yeah, I was gonna say the only thing I know about new dashboard is that song that like Axe to grind keeps making fun of, kind of, yeah, sorta, <laughs> the one that sounds like a like a CGI lobster should be singing it. <laughs> They're like trying really hard to like be a band again. I've noticed it's it's cool though. Yeah,
1: and then I really adore the new Weezer album. I I think it's I, I think it's a stellar album. The Okay Human album. Apparently, there's another new album
2: coming out whenever COVID's done. Uh, I have not listened to it yet for two reasons. One, uh, I I don't want to, like, risk listening to New Weezer and being, like, psychically damaged. Uh, and two, Fair. I don't want to risk, like, actually enjoying it because then I have to, like, defend Weezer. Fantano gave it a 9 out of 10, so... I mean that's crazy proof. people are still so tight about Fantano like I still see people tweeting about like why do we keep letting Anthony Fantano's opinions influence ours blah 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 but like the funny thing is every time I see people shitting on Fantano or like Finn McKenney from Punk Rock NBA like I don't watch that shit it's it's so dumb and he's just cashing in on blah 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 like all their opinions on music are like the exact same as those two guys so yeah. <laughs> Wow, it's crazy that we just talked about music for,
1: like, 40 minutes straight. I know. When was the last time we did that? But you were... I don't know. Oh. Uh, now, I mean, this is literally just, like, lifting off of, like, a topic that they just did on Axe Guy in, like, a year ago where they just said, How's Hardcore? And talked for, like, 30 minutes straight. I figured it's been a while since we've kind of
2: assessed emo. So, how's emo? There's been, like, some cool shit coming out. Uh home is where and camp trash are obviously like the heavy hitters they're the yeah. they're the new kids on the block man but like you like you got here at nervous dater i mean they finally followed up on don't be a stranger yeah. um and it's good it's really good Kind leaning in like even more of a pop direction i feel like which yeah. is fine by me you know like they're good at writing hooks you got hoss boss on here arms length um, was a big one too that one like did not
1: fly under the radar at all
2: Yeah, someone said that they really like someone like kind of weirdly popular said they liked the arm's length record, but I can't remember who it was. I do know that Laura Jane Grace said that she really liked the Home Is Where album. (laughs) What? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, And she like played it on her radio show or something.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. Um, But then there's other stuff like Peppered in there, like snacking, which I admittedly have not listened to that like got written up in like stereo gum and all these places. Uh, basically chill wave records is
2: dropping hits killing it yeah yeah oh it's funny a couple weeks ago like i literally saw robert from chill wave records like enter the post office while i was waiting in line to pick up a package and he just like went in and out like six times to like grab huge crates of records from his car to ship that's cool <laughs> and avoided eye contact with me and then was like Sorry I didn't talk to you there was so many people in there it was giving me mad anxiety. Um, uh yeah, there I'm I'm proud of Chillwave Records. They're blowing up. Yeah, I I think it's
1: been a pretty strong I know I called it pretty okay in the notes here, but it's been a pretty strong quarter 1 for emo. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell because like bands are touring and stuff. So I think we'd see like a lot more activity, but like I think like this has been a good stretch of records. Um there's a new Riley album that came out today that we're recording I was listening to it before yeah it sounds super good um it's very catchy it's what I would expect from their follow-up uh but yeah I, I don't know I feel like it emo is in a pretty good place the really good albums from like DIY independent music that's like not getting covered on major publications I mean actually some of these have been getting covered yeah, on they, major they public- publications <laughs> um but like hardcore and like bands that are that were at one point like tied, like portrayal of guilt were in- intertwined in like the screamo scene and stuff like that. But like, I feel like that's where like the big bombshell records have been dropping are in hardcore
2: right now. Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like you said, portrayal of guilt for your health. <laughs> I just listened to the Gulch and Tsunami split, and it's like it's like a nose break record, like <laughs> fucking hard. New Regional Justice Center. Uh, Ian from Regional Justice Center has also been like doing like the interview circuit. Yeah. Um interview with David Anthony's newsletter that was really, really good. Um and he did like a like an influence like a like an influence spotlight with Brooklyn Vegan. Mm-hmm. Uh shouted out like a ton of like more underrated like power violence stuff, like crossed out, um yeah. and wound man, wound man, however you say it. I think what's more
1: impressive about hardcore than emo is like it was like just like week after week these were just like dropping and they I'd say in most in most cases this is like some of these these bands like best work yet like I think like for your health LP is the best thing that they've done.
2: Yeah I don't want I don't want to give too much away but everybody please keep your eyes peeled for that should be coming down the pipe. It melted my brain. Skin, skinned me alive and had me for dinner. It's such a good record. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like we've always been comparing hardcore to emo
1: in the past year or so. But like, I think like in terms of just uh, quality, I think hardcore, I mean, is better. But I think emo, I think we're we're, we're seeing a younger generation step in. Um, Big time. Which, which was sort of like something that I was worried about I mean, like not actively worrying about it because I think it always happens. But yeah, I think like I think like going into emo in the past two years has been like a huge uncertainty as to like who's going to step up. And yeah, I think there are bands like all all of the bands that have put out stuff so far have been new bands that have been catching attention, which is cool, which is good.
2: I'd say the only records from, like, established bands that I'm, like, really, truly stoked for right now are Fiddlehead and Every Time I Die.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
2: all the all the records that are supposed to come out this year that I'm, like, really excited about are, like, New Kids on the Block. Yeah. I will say that
1: Tiger's Jaw put out an album this past week. We were pretty hard on an album that had not come out. I would say the new Tiger's Jaw album is worth your time. Okay. All I right. Will- I think that that album will be written off if it already hasn't been written off, but I would call it a 4 been out of 5. For so long. Yeah. I would call it a solid 4 out out, out of 5. They they are okay. so past their like yearning uh need to get this off my chest energy, but I'd say like these songs are very catchy and like there's good songwriting on it too and I would say Brianna is utilized uh well on the album too. And so I think both these bands have recorded albums. And that would be Prince Daddy and Mom Jeans. Yeah, they both alluded to it on Twitter. Yeah, Yeah. I I mean, the Prince Daddy stuff has been like all over that they have finished recording an album. And I think Mom Jeans are in the studio now or something. I feel like as these are two of like the most looked up to bands right now, I have it in my head that these are like make it or break it albums. Like I think... Especially with like puppy love being as sort of mixed received. I think like if this mom jeans is like not satisfactory, I feel like they could be like the front bottoms now where like people are like, why do you keep making
2: music? (laughs) What I was going to say is I I feel like Prince Daddy is in a good place to like follow up on the momentum that they Mm -hmm. have because they just keep getting more and more popular with every single release Mm -hmm. whereas mom jeans kind of had this big bang of popularity yeah and they've been growing at a much slower pace than prince daddy and then i feel like they kind of plateaued around the time puppy love came out and i don't really hear people talk about them anymore except just to like paradoxically complain like about how much people talk about mom jeans when really they don't (laughs) you know
1: and I think, like, the Front Bottoms thing is, I mean, like, and like I'm not saying this to be hard on them, like, I just think that, like, the people are turning on them so hard that if they put on, that if they put out a bad album, it's going to be, like, bad, bad for them. Yeah. Yeah, I think Prince Daddy is different because they have everyone at their hand right now. They can really, like, explode if they put out something that's, like, banging.
2: Which I, I, I have no doubt that they will. Like, they haven't done a bad thing yet. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I mean, it's worth maybe worrying a little bit about <laughs> Mom Jeans. Yeah, I I agree. And that's not in, like, our typical,
1: like, us being hard on them way. Uh, is Best Buds five or six years old
2: now? Best Buds came out in 2016. Yeah. So, so it's, so like, five years old. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: Are there any other bands that you think are in their, like, make or break album cycle? um i think Oso so doesn't really matter like whatever they put out yeah they'll, they're gonna they'll be good
2: yeah i don't know because i I'm, I'm like really struggling to think of like i mean honestly maybe origami angel i mean i, I have I no doubt so. i have no doubt that this record is going to be like successful it is, it is coming up on the heels of like kind of a surprise success record like a record that was like holy shit it got reviewed on pitchfork mm-hmm. like So, you know, this is going to be like, are they going to be part of like the canon? Are they going to keep growing? I think is going to be the question on this record, even though everyone who knows already knows the answer is yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's I feel like they're one of the most trusted
2: bands right now. Yes, absolutely. I feel like all the bands that are putting out material are either legacy bands or are very new. Like there's no bands that are at that point in their career where they're like really building on on hype like compounding yeah. it you know is that is that sweet spot that you want to be in i do think that there are like some smaller hardcore bands that are like starting to to get like the hype that they truly deserve like buggin put out that single like uh brain freeze i think and the b-side is a beastie boys cover and that right. got that got some like attention um and they're a great band but yeah i don't, right right now i think it's all about like new bands trying to make a splash
1: yeah i mean uh,
2: like stars hollow just finally announced that album that new stars hollow album new stars hollow album like was started to feel like chinese democracy yeah but it's also extremely high quality um but you know they're they're a band where like i feel like they just kept gathering like they kept building this cult while they were kind of on break recording and and producing this record and i think it's going to feel more like a victory lap than anything Yeah, when it comes out
1: yeah, same thing with like Jail Socks, same thing with, I don't know, who else has an album coming out this year? I Yeah, I don't know, like, those bands are still, like, new, and they're putting out their debut LPs and stuff, I yeah. don't think it's, like, make or break, it's just gonna reinforce that they're the shit. That they, that they're hype, yeah. Yeah. There's a new Citizen album coming out this year, but that's, like, another, like, legacy band, even if it's yeah. not well-received, it's not gonna affect them that much, um... But like, how do you feel about like the culture? I mean, I put this talking point here of like, based on like, have you gone to R emo lately? Because it's like sad shit where like someone will post something that's like obviously like popular right now, but like people in R emo are gonna be like, I've never heard of this.
2: No, I'm like retired from R emo, like so I I haven't I haven't seen anything. I did see someone post on Twitter that apparently there was like. Like, a thread about brand new with, like, a whole bunch of, like, transphobia and rape apologism or whatever. And that, that's really depressing. I, I guess they're just getting hit with the Reddit effect, you know? What do you mean by the Reddit effect? It's hard for any community to exist on Reddit for a long time without succumbing to, okay. like, larger Reddit culture, okay. you know? Okay, gotcha. I mean, really, every website is what you make of it, but it becomes a problem when like you can like witness the decline of a certain community. Mm -hmm. I mean, like going off of that, do you think like Twitter DIY Twitter has calmed down? It has calmed down. since like the summer Uh, really. Yeah. And I'm glad that I'm seeing a lot less of this that, that fucking bullshit. If you're nice, your band is good. If you're mean, your (laughs) band is bad, like nonsense, like don't, don't get me wrong. Like love Keegan. Good dude uh when when he brought that up as like a positive thing my mind was blown (laughs) like even not taking into account like all like the separate the art from the artist like conversation that we've had ad nauseum 10 million times we all know art is hard uh and like making music is like a like a difficult thing and putting yourself out there like in an artistic sense is a difficult thing and people a lot of times don't know how to like handle like being in the public spotlight like that or, and then like even pre pandemic people who are on tour and are just fucking exhausted and have been away from their significant others for so long and mm-hmm. are in bad moods. Like there's like 10 million reasons that someone was maybe like a dick to you and it doesn't make their music bad. It just makes them a dick or not even that. Like it just means that you caught them on a bad day. Like yeah. friend core, woo woo shit. Like I I'm really glad that I'm starting to see that die down. I don't think I'm offended by it
1: as much as you are, but I definitely think it's, like, just annoying, and it, I think the thing that kind of, like, bothered me the most about it is, like, it just, like, gave such, like, a false sense of, like, importance
2: in narcissism, and I think that's kind of
1: troubling to watch.
2: And then you end up with, like, shit like Ghost Funeral, where, like... (laughs) Yeah, yeah that person was just like friends with people and so no one like questioned the fact that they were putting out full length albums every couple months cuz a new person joined the band and wrote new material like and yet like the singing voice sounded completely different on every single release <laughs> so a little um, bit of explainers
1: needed their ghost funeral was a project that was on bandcamp and that did a couple of live streams or something like, everything that that project released was existing music from
2: someone else that they said was theirs. I guess not everything. Oh. Uh, because someone... Uh, Josie, um, at Port Dead Words on Twitter, they apparently they, like, mastered or, like, helped mix, like, a very early Ghost Funeral track, which seemed real. Um, but what, hap- what happened was some someone who the one of the people who was running I think it was Connor from Summit Shack. Uh they were like uploading the material from the Minecraft fest to YouTube and then got hit with a copyright strike. Yeah. And yeah. they were like, why why is why is this getting a copyright strike? Realized that this was like the exact note for note music of another band. Not even note for note. That's like underselling how much it was stolen. Like literally the it tracks was basically, were just yeah. downloaded and re uploaded. Yeah. It was the <laughs> um, same file, essentially. The, and then it came out everything that they had like for sale, everything they were making money off of was just like stolen. And I, I remember I tweeted, like, you know, some people don't have the privilege of being able to write songs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you should you you should be able to succeed, you know, even if you lack talent and integrity. Yeah. Uh, and now I feel bad because that kid that they were like a a kid, like a teenager. Um, and clearly, like, if you're stealing music like that, just like passing it off as your own like that's speaking to like some really deep seated need for attention
0: like that's like
2: really deep issues where like you might be like a danger to yourself and you like really need help and someone should be like worried about them instead of just everyone dunking on them like they did but don't get me wrong the dunks were funny i'm not gonna (laughs) lie
1: (laughs) yeah when i first heard about it i was like okay this is fucked up but then like my mind didn't go to like oh i want to see what people are talking about because i knew it was going to be ugly but like yeah, I think that kind of struck me as, like, okay, there are kids that, like, really, really want to be a part of this conversation and friends with these people. And, like, yeah. maybe we can re-examine, like, it's just sad that some people are, like, starved for that much attention and, like, inclusion and want that so bad that they would obtain music yeah. and call it their own. That's really, like, extremely fucked up. But, yeah. Yes, big time. And all that can lead to the freshman class will be coming soon. I think that usually I think the polls open in May for that, usually. Um I feel like going into it I'm always like, uh, who the fuck could it possibly be this year? And I think I already have an idea of what it's gonna look
2: like. Yeah. Yeah. And we can't we can't guesstimate because, you know, we don't wanna spoil any of the surprises. Yeah. But i suppose we could just banter this
1: off like here but like do we need to adjust any voting like i think i think last year at least there was one person who was like i think this is kind of unfair you should have more than
2: one vote um i mean how how are you think like should we do like a like a like rounds i don't know
1: no I think that's kind of getting too much into like a competition type of thing, but like maybe exactly, but like, so like last year, like you really wanted to vote for Carly Cosgrove, but you also really wanted to vote for arms length. Should you be able to cast two votes?
2: No, I disagree. (laughs) Okay. I disagree. I mean, is there any way to like implement ranked choice voting? Yeah. So because what it should be is just like the band that you most want to vote for. You got to pick, yeah. you know? Yeah. Because that gives us a better idea of, like, who enjoys each band, like, enough to vote for them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of passion that goes into people, like, voting for the freshman class. <laughs> I agree.
1: Not in, like, a narcissistic way, but, like, like yo, like, the freshman class has really, like, been an indicator of what's coming up yeah it's our it's our tentpole like <laughs> seasonal episode programming you know? yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you're listening, and you're like you two are stupid, this is obvious. here's how you do it um let us know yeah DM I, us. I, yeah, I also have no idea who should be on the episode.
2: I think maybe we gotta see uh should we we should like try and bring back someone from last year because that's the tradition at this point,
1: right i mean the 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 first guest on the episode was Gami and Tyler or Ryland and Tyler, and then it was yeah. nice and charmer well, all right, anything else for
2: how's emo doing uh no I think I think we covered it. I think we did we did a good pulse check <laughs> I agree, all right, so we'll get into
1: our mail bag, which I know we talked about this in the in the pre recording, but man. I wish we could be like Axegrind and like Indiecast, where we get sent in some like very per- uh, thought-provoking questions. But uh, when we called for them, we got a lot of throwaways. I would say. Uh, so I added two at the top here. Like a couple months ago, I threw up on our on our Instagram a poll because I was listening to a Turnover record, and I was like, Is Turnover a male manipulator band? Because that was a term that was hot at
2: that time um yeah and like which you know... it's a terrible term um <laughs> I know. but if there is a band that embodies the term you'd find you'd you'd have like a hard time finding a much better fit than you know the band that had to kick out a dude for being a male manipulator
1: <laughs> um if there was some dude being shady in your dms their avatar was probably peripheral vision app.
2: right yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yet there were people that were replying to this being like yo fuck
2: you i think the problem was that people thought it was like quote unquote like a sexist against men term or whatever but like it's not like there's not female manipulator music like lana del rey you know (laughs) yeah yeah
1: (laughs) yeah i feel like that term came out right when when like right around the time when we weren't recording. But yeah, it was funny to watch the discourse on that. Um yeah. but I think if like any emo adjacent band is male manipulated records definitely
2: turn over. Yes. They really I I definitely like see like the type of dude who like chokes his girlfriend without asking, like <laughs> listening to <laughs> listening to like Dizzy on the come down to like Oh, just, con- get, just, get, it just helps me like cool off my rage, man. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I was going to punch a wall and then I, you know, turned on supernatural.
1: <laughs> but a more serious topic that I threw in here, and this isn't at all like a call out. I saw this on Twitter and like I was thinking about it. And I, it was also like I just listened to an interview that was like talking about like the same thing too. Um, so, Hazing Over, they obviously changed their sound, uh, the aesthetic and everything, and they got a pretty, like, it wasn't even like a scathing, I thought it was kind of fair, but it was basically like a review on Sputnik Music uh, that was unfavorable, and it was like, I'm disappointed in this. And then, I think they even alluded to Hazing Over was probably going to screenshot
2: this and post it on their Twitter, and that's what they did. Yes. yes. <laughs> And in the comments of that Sputnik music post, that person was also like, 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 resigned from their position as a Sputnik music contributor. That was like the whole conceit of the review was like, this isn't connecting with me like Shin'Gar connected with me. But the more I think about it, no music has really been connecting with me. And writing about music isn't giving me any joy anymore. So I quit. <laughs> um, and the writing was like really pretentious, obviously like it it just came off very dorky, but like the way that they were describing, like not being interested in anything anymore and like quitting doing something that they liked um, because they couldn't find time or the motivation to do it. It just screamed like this person is probably like going through depression. (laughs) Like that was like the vibe that I got. Yeah. And then, (laughs) so this person is just like, I really like this band and I gave them an honest try, but I just am like really de- depressed right now. And, uh, you know, it's just not connecting with me. And then hazing over linked it and was like, <laughs> fucking loser. <laughs> yeah. you know. I think the thing that resonated or not resonated, the, the thing
1: that stuck with me about that is obviously, I mean, clearly there's a lot to dissect from that. Like one, like Sputnik music reviews, it's not even near the arena of pitchfork it's so it's it was a it it
2: was a fucking blog post basically yes like this kid isn't getting paid to write for sputnik music no um and he's whoever wrote this is probably going to be like really embarrassed about it in like a year anyway even like without the band like making fun of them you know (laughs) and obviously like we've had this discourse
1: before of like you should be able to like Say you don't like something, and if and of course that's going to come with a quote tweet and someone like leeching out their hounds on you, and that's always kind of toxic.
2: Yeah, but I mean, like, like hazing over themselves. I don't think they're like bad people. No, I don't think they're like assholes. I think that they just like. Honestly, I think they probably thought it was funny that this person seemed to like quit their job over their over their yeah. record, which yeah. admittedly is like really funny. You know, yeah. the premise um, of that is hilarious. Yes, yeah. So it feels like a like a Mr. Show sketch. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, by the way, I don't know if you heard about this, but apparently Jay Johnston from Mr. Show slash Bob's Burgers was like at the Capitol riots, <laughs> like the FBI. I i heard just like rumors of that i didn't know if there was like proof of that well people who have worked with him have been like i mean yeah he he was like a trump supporter and then someone was like yeah he was on gavin McGinnis's show and like linked to that god damn yeah so that sucks it probably was him yeah that does suck right like because he was like part of like the funniest joke on the sarah silverman program Uh, where he plays a cop and he pulls Sarah over and he's like, do you know why I'm standing here right now? And she's like, you got all C's in high school? (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Uh, So,
1: around the time that that came out, I listened to an interview, it was a Better Yet episode with Tony Molina, where he was just being like, people who want people to read their reviews of albums are just creeps and they're weirdos. And I think like that mindset of like, i need to articulate my thoughts and get people to read it it's just like a very weird
2: persona to have and i was like when you put it that way you're fucking right uh but like then i could just like say the same thing about like oh people who like put out albums and want people to listen to it are fucking weirdos like, imagine like writing these lyrics and wanting people to like listen to your innermost thoughts. You guys are fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah, that's valid,
1: I, and I think that's why I wanted like talk this out because I don't know where I land on this stuff because like reviewing albums has been like an art form forever. Like I've been reading nothing besides like books from like rock critics lately. Like I've been I've like, I've been reading the Stephen Hyden books and like they're they're very
2: good. Um. Yeah, yeah. I'm super fucking stoked for that Dan Ozzy book. Me too, Um, yeah. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Yeah. I will say there's like a very narrow like stripe of record reviewing that I actually enjoy. Mm -hmm. Because as someone who like writes about music, there is so much music writing that I think is like horrible. That is just like self-indulgent trash, you know. Or that doesn't like say anything insightful about either like the music or like the cultural uh, situation surrounding the music. Yeah. Um, But I mean, like, are you, you're trying to tell me like what fucking Lester bangs did wasn't art trying to tell me that like Chuck Klosterman wasn't good at writing. Like Mm -hmm. he might not be anymore, but he was good for a (laughs) for a while. Um, Miranda Reiner from something old, the newsletter, Mm -hmm. like she did like a whole newsletter recently about pieces of music writing that have had an impact on you. Um and like everyone like had like oh their reviews that like really made a difference to them. A lot of people talked about Ian Cohen, of course, but like I talked about like the book our band could be your life like yeah that that book had like a huge impact on me, of course and i I don't think that I would be like anywhere near like the same person if i if I didn't read that book like mm-hmm. music writing is is music criticism is really important, not just in terms of oh saying this record is good or bad but also in like contextualizing an album delineating influences building like a li- like like documenting the history of a scene as it's happening and like how all the all the music interacts with with itself and each other like i don't know i just feel like saying that like music reviewers are mentally ill while accurate is reductive <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think where i'm landing on this is like there's clearly
1: bad album reviewers, and I think and platforms in general for it. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, thank God there isn't something as popular as like letterboxd for music.
2: Is Rate Your Music not that? Yeah, but or like is Rate Your Music not, every, not as popular.
1: Not everyone who's like watching a film and and is like immediately like I need to go to Letterbox right, and as, as as soon as the needle is done on like. You're fucking Prince Daddy vinyl. You're not, like, time to put my thoughts out on this. I'm about to to get a third sparkling water. But those are topics that I added in here. We're going to get into some of the ones that y'all gave us. I'm going to start with, in my opinion, the one that we could dive into the most. This is from the Instagram page, Real Emo Only Consists Of. That's on Instagram. And they want to know... What is your opinion on the emo page scene, more specifically on Instagram?" So that's like Instagram pages of like memes, uh, talking about emo, etc, etc. Yeah, I'd say my opinion on these have really evolved in the past couple of years. Because I think five years ago,
2: they were all making the same jokes, they were all... Yeah, they they were all kind of doing that thing where they looked like they were drenched in, like, 10 degrees of irony. Yes. But only because that's what, like, every meme looked like in 2016. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But they were all tasteless.
1: And some of them were trying to get into discourse without being able to talk about discourse. Which, not, not I mean, like, five years ago, discourse was, like, we were not learned on that at all.
2: Yeah, unless you, like, survived the great Tumblr wars of 2013. Like, yeah. you were not, like, well-equipped to handle, like, these discussions, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but contemporaneously, I think the
1: pages are a lot more uh, giving you a meme, but also giving you, like, band recommendations, which is, like, positive, And I think that's cool. Um, I personally do not follow many at all besides well it's 2 am because i think that's just like
2: i i was S, going to say i S-tier. i don't yeah i don't use instagram and the only like specifically emo meme page that i really follow is welp it's 2am we we've had jenk on the show like yeah. he is just like a god tier like at at what he does like <laughs> Why do we other people even bother? Like the only other <laughs> the only other like good meme page even on Facebook that I can think of off the top of my head that like didn't fall off like a couple years ago, um, or that is newer is like one about SaaS. It's like SaaS memes for post-hardcore teens or something. <laughs> um, which even that name format is very like 2016 meme. Yeah. yeah. Um But yeah, I I do miss kind of like the golden era of like hyper ironic uh facebook memes millions of dead posers i think was like an actual like gold mine for like a couple months i really liked uh pleather vest and pre-distressed that there's a folk punk one straight line arrival who i think is also a band i know that i know that grindcore band ground is also like more of a meme page than a band I think that f- I think there was one called Fake Yeezy Boosts that was really good. Yeah, <laughs> that really much I yeah.
1: think that's just like a general meme page now. I think these pages. I mean, like the one that wrote into us has twelve thousand followers, just right, which is pretty serious. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. like emo yeah, yeah, content yeah. creators. I think like that's going to be something. I have only been shown emo TikTok, but. It's a thing. It's a
2: it's a big thing. Yeah, is that is that going to be like the subject next week? <laughs> like we're going to have Holmes where on to have to talk about, you know, TikTok. Are they on emo TikTok? <laughs> I, I cuz I think of like I'm not, I'm not sure cuz I don't really me and Dina will just scroll through normie TikTok before we go to bed. Yeah. And norm, normie TikTok is like people who I who are either like from like the mall emo era, or who think the emo means like I don't know, Billie Eilish, like <laughs> whatever. My friend, whatever was... like alt means in twenty twenty one. Okay, Here, here's the thing that I that I've noticed is everyone
1: that has dipped their toe into emo TikTok that I know, they've all said, "Uh my my partner or my girlfriend showed me TikTok." And this is what they're talking about. That's just, like, I don't know yeah. anyone who's actually looking at TikTok. It's all, like, my partner has shown me this. Um, yes. And, yes. Ev- and, and, <laughs> and 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 everyone who's, like, tried to dip their toe in to be, like, have you seen what the kids are talking about emo on there? I'm, like, no. And they're always, like, they all think, like,
2: Paramore is old emo. Yeah, it blows <laughs> my mind. Uh, but, I mean, it it makes sense. It just makes me sad. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, here's a little pat on the back though. Um, my
1: partner said they that they saw some emo TikToker who was just like a handsome looking person who was just like saying, "Here are bands that I like." And my partner like commented or messaged, I don't know how you interact on TikTok, and was like, "Do you listen to the E word?" And they said, Yes, love those guys, and it was like someone with oh, like, "Oh, yeah!" with like a hundred thousand
2: followers. Oh shit, let's have them on. That would be dope. <laughs> but, but I, I'm,
1: I'm ninety percent sure this is true, and I think I asked what their tag was or handle was, and it was literally peripheral vision. <laughs>
2: <laughs> let's ask them if they, if they are male manipulator music. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think emo. I think like emo content creators,
1: I don't know, I mean like this totally gets in like Nate 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 the Mate talk, but uh yeah, I think like it could always be better. I'd like to see more like digging
2: up some like lost treasures like I'm not not to do too much Nate the Mate talk, but I was really <laughs> proud of the tweet that I did like in the direct aftermath of the Ghost funeral situation, which was just Every band that Ghost Funeral stole from is going to be on the next Nate the Mate Most Underrated (laughs) Bands video. That's funny (laughs) as fuck. (laughs) That's awesome.
1: Uh, But yeah, I do appreciate that question. That's something that, like, yeah, I don't think we've ever really talked about is like, pages besides Welp, It's Um, 2AM. Yeah, I think they're a positive thing, especially that, like, a lot of them are, like, like, squeezing a lot of content into, like, Instagram slides and stuff like that. So... Um I think I think they are much better than what they were uh 5 years ago. Here is a question from Blade Brown. Since I've published music <laughs> am and am about to have it on a label's YouTube, am I eligible for a guest spot? Um I have no idea what this is about really. Um
2: yeah, Blade did like a noise record that oh. they're like they, they pressed it onto like a laser disc as a novelty. Um, <laughs> which I think is pretty great, but I Blade has just been wanting to come on the E word since like we became friends like three years okay. ago. So, <laughs> so you know what? Sure, maybe in like a couple weeks we'll have
1: I Blade did not, <laughs> I did not realize that we had the, re- the the requirements of um having to have your music posted on a label's YouTube to be eligible to be on the show.
2: I think they just meant like they have finally like put music out into the world. So are, does that mean that they are eligible to be a guest? Well, according to our DMs, that, that is the, the the requirements to come on the show. Yeah. I mean, if, if our DMs are to be believed, then the only requirements to come on the show are, A, you have music out, and B, you have never listened to our podcast. <laughs> Those are the two requirements.
1: Or you just send <laughs> us a link unsolicited and be like, Big
2: fan of the show. (laughs) Yes. I think that you should have me on the show. It could be big for you. Make you guys go boom. (laughs) Yeah.
1: This is another one. I have no idea what this is referencing. Your slash your discourse, please. And that I feel like I need to actually spell this
2: out. You are slash Y R discourse. Oh, that that's like a direct shot at me. Because the other day. The other day I tweeted, I think it's really annoying when people type YR instead of UR. And then a whole bunch of people, like, it it ignited like a firestorm of controversy. There was, like, 27 replies. (laughs) Um, Really, I just think that, like, I don't have anything super against YR, like – like, like I know Kyle from Gas Up Your Hearse was like, "No, I disagree," uh, which makes sense because they spelled it YR. But it just like makes me feel oh, like the band name. And this that's is funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This isn't like universally the case. I just always feel like it's it's people trying to like flex the fact that they read zines, you know, and are like punk, like overtly punk. Whereas you are, you know, that's. That's me, like flexing my scene kid supremacy when I write you. Yeah, that just makes (laughs) me think of like an AOL messenger. Yes. Way of spelling. Yes. Yeah, it just it it feels like uh, it feels like a funnier abbreviation.
1: Okay. Which is why. Is why I I do it. I just thought of this. Okay, if someone was like, "I think you're hot," and they and they sent that, "I think Y R hot." i think that would be funny like i think like that would be yeah. funny be- because it seems so wrong but you are just makes you think like you're like a russian bot or something
2: well a couple people said like y-o-u-r is y-r and then y-o-u apostrophe r-e is you are that's no. that's what some people's were my my brain did not go that way at all I don't, know, but it, it's complete nonsense, and anyone who like took it seriously has like worms in their brain. So, <laughs> I think it's interesting. Wait, so I already forgot which one did you think was okay? Oh, you are. I prefer you are. I think okay. YR is annoying. It reminds me of Sonic Youth. Maybe is yeah. why I think it's annoying. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
1: And then our final question for the mailbag is: Fuck Mary, kill Method Man, Ghostface Killer, Raekwon.
2: So Method Man is the only one of these men that is hot, so obviously he is fuck. Ghostface Killer is my favorite member of the Wu-Tang Clan. He is, like, almost always in my top five rappers whenever I, like, try and delineate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think I'm going to marry him. You, you know, I think... Uh, I, <laughs> I, was, I was going to say, like, I was considering marrying Raekwon because I think he'd be a good chef. <laughs> uh, but, I, I mean, at the at the end of the day, I just think that, like, Ghostface has more high-quality material. And so, if I was, like... If he had, like, a home studio, I'd rather, like, chill and sit in there with him. Uh, which means that, unfortunately, you'd have to kill Raekwon. Hmm, and I okay. feel bad
1: about that. I'm glad we're not going the same way, because that'd be boring. I am going to marry yes. Ghostface. One, because... I think that comes with the most the thing that comes with the most benefits because I think yeah I think he's most talented. I also think that like if I have to kill one of these I would be scared because you know Wu Tang runs deep. I think the one that I, I would be the safest killing would actually be Method Man. Really? I, yeah. I think I would fear for killing Raekwon more than Method Man. Am I am what? I wrong about that? I I, I don't know. I, 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 think I think that I th- my there I I think that there would be a bigger bounty on
2: my head for killing Raekwon than Method Man. I don't know. I pe- I feel like people think that because maybe like meth like meth's image might have been like softened because he acts more nowadays, you know? He's on like he was on that show uh Teenage I think it's literally called Teenage Bounty Hunters. Um, <laughs> he, yeah, he was a main character on that show. So maybe like his image is like softened up, but yeah. I think that I think that killing any member of the Wu Tang Clan is going to like bring trouble upon your home. You're like you're like cursing yourself. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, will like, say Ghostface was like
1: I, I'm pretty sure he was like threatening Action Bronson just for sounding like him.
2: Yeah, <laughs> which is pretty fucking funny. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I will also say there is no member of the Wu Tang Clan that I am more scared of attempting to kill, then I am scared of like attempting to kill Snoop Dogg. I think Snoop Dogg is way scarier than any member of the Wu-Tang clan. Yeah. Like, um, but that said, I'm
1: marrying Ghostface. I'm fucking Rayquan. I'm killing method man, which hurts because
2: I love Wu-Tang. That's great. Like I said, I think method man might honestly be the only hot member of, of Wu-Tang like period now that i think about it um rizza maybe but he's i don't think he's like muscular and method man's like cut and he like takes care of his hair you know he's got good skin like (laughs) he wears nice (laughs) hats yeah definitely the
1: fittest yeah i i I saw wu-tang at sound set Method was, like, running around the stage the whole time, and everyone else was just kind of standing in line, and he was, like,
2: the one that was just, like, (laughs) like, literally just, like, running. It was kind of a goofy scene. I I do sometimes get sad that we'll never be able to, like, see Wu-Tang in their prime, like, in the early 90s, because, like, if you watch videos of old shows, like, Ghostface will have, like, a fucking, like, bag over his head while he's performing, because, like, (laughs) he was, like, wanted at the time and so he didn't want to show his face on stage yeah and (laughs) and they were like hype they were like new york hardcore band like hype like bouncing around on stage and shit so i never talked about this uh but like uh are you into like that
1: griselda and like benny the butcher conway stuff
2: i have yet to dive into it i really like the benny the butcher album from last year um that record like honestly gave me like Jay-Z vibes. I was getting like Jay-Z vibes from his flow. And then there was the, uh, the, the static, static Selector, that kid's album. I thought was really good too. I think the only one I've listened to from that world is uh, Pray for Paris. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I think West Side Gun also put out like another album last year. And I think I liked that album like even more than Pray for Paris. Nice. Um, okay. I thought the production was a little harder. And West, I mean, uh, the thing that, like, all those artists have in common is I feel like they sound really indebted to the to the 90s sound
0: mm-hmm. without
2: being, like, sterile copycat acts. Yeah. Like, West Side Gun sounds like if all the, like, if all the members of Mob Deep were born in, like, 1997.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. And they do have, like, very of-the-time, like... I mean, like contemporary, like features, like I think Tyler, Crater, ASAP Rocky are on "Pray for Paris" and stuff like that. So yeah, it's yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. I basically know of those guys, uh, because of their their like vinyl pressings. They are all extremely limited, and I'm pretty sure there's like I think like Westside Gun Conway. And Benny the Butcher all have albums that have gone for fifteen hundred dollars on the aftermarket. That's
2: fucking insane. Holy shit. For
1: records that have come out in like the past three years that can sell for fifteen
2: hundred dollars is fucked. Yeah, that 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 is brain breaking.
1: Like holy shit. Okay. Like <laughs> misfit
2: seven inches
1: go for that much. Not <laughs> not hip hop records that have come out
2: in like twenty nineteen. Um yeah. It's wild. Young white rap fans are really fucking stupid sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, they will pay ridiculous prices for like the most inane shit. Yeah, for for <laughs> merchandise like and yeah. that's something that like emo. I'm surprised. Well,
1: I, I'll, I'll I'll take that back. For some reason, any pressing of Origami Angel people think is worth money. Like Summer City is in press, but everyone thinks that they're press is worth a hundred dollars yeah so
2: it's, yeah it's like nintendo switch games where like the value never goes down no matter how long <laughs> it's been out
1: <laughs> yeah i'm surprised that emo really hasn't gotten into this whole like merch drop sort of thing where like like and hardcore
2: kind of has because they you know, it guys, has yeah. like it has history with like streetwear um yeah i mean uh, the, the 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 funny thing about it with hardcore is that I think the joke is on you. If you are paying like that much money for like the Sanrio Gulch hoodie.
1: <laughs> but at the same time, there are people that want like the triple B Carhartt so bad that they'll spend yeah. $60 on Depop for it.
2: Um, yeah. And I mean, like the, the problem is like at that point, like it's the band isn't getting the money. It's just like the, the person trying to like get a status symbol. Yeah. Um, which is the which is the problem with like the the merch drop shit happening in hip hop as well like it's it's not about like supporting the artist like at that point at the same time there's only like so much that like a DIY hardcore band can like afford to press of something yeah
1: every, i feel like every band's probably got to have like an invoice from the screen printer
2: <laughs> yeah which is why low key i i don't condemn bootlegs I don't condemn bootleg culture like in the least like like for shirts or for records (laughs) um for shirts uh especially like shirts that have been out of print or like a band that has been like defunct for years so you
1: records you've never gone onto etsy and bought like a bootleg page 99 shirt what do
2: you what are you saying of course I have that's why I said I don't condemn it (laughs) oh I I registered that as don't condone it sorry (laughs) oh okay uh, no I'm sorry yeah I am pro bootleg yeah yeah okay sorry
1: yeah Uh, that's probably painful to listen to but yeah uh there are a lot of people that like just want to rep that band
2: yeah I mean literally literally I have two bootleg pieces of page 99 merchandise like in the closet (laughs) right now hell yeah
1: (laughs) yeah I have not actually gotten something from like those Etsy stores I'm glad that they exist so I can buy like a fucking like I don't know no comment shirt or something. Yeah. Ah,
2: oh, no comment. So good. Yeah. The band is so good. Uh
1: yeah, I, I, like I I think all the Axe to Grind conversations about that are just kind of like if you hate it and you're in that band, why don't you just print them up yourself and sell them?
2: Like Yep. Exactly. I mean...
1: I think you were the one that said like I hate sex opened up a merch store just because uh the shirt Cause, was cause, in the more yeah, or
2: less was wearing it. Yeah. Uh we don't have to keep this in the episode, but I guess brand new, like just put out new merch <laughs> kinda <laughs> recently. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess maybe like uh the mortgage is due or something. <laughs> like <laughs> I really I, can I really think Keith.
1: if they re Sorry, go ahead. I I mean, like, I could totally see them keeping their records in print, but, like... But, yeah, I think you are about to say that you could see them
2: reuniting. I could see them doing another tour. Yes, absolutely. I don't think that... I, I mean, there would be, like, an outcry from, like, a couple people who are, like, sticking to their guns. But I think, like, a lot of people, even people who, like, were really mad at them back when they first got canceled would just like pretend it never happened and like give their money to Jesse Lacey. <laughs> yeah. I I think for
1: sure. Like I think there's a lot of people that won't think about it as much as like this is supporting the band rather than like going to an emo night.
2: Yes. Exactly. They're just like, I wanna I wanna see these songs live and sing along, you know? But yeah, on that note,
1: is there anything else for episode sixty two? Uh no, I
2: think we covered it.
1: Alright, uh, well everyone, um, I don't think we've called for this for a long time, but review our podcast on iTunes, tell people about it. I think we're going to keep it consistent, right? We're going to keep put, putting out the episodes? Yes, hell yeah. Yes.
2: We're going to try our very, very best. Alright,
1: I'll stop recording.